This morning, I want us to start reading a passage of scripture. We're dealing with fear over, what's that, faith or overcoming uh, fear, okay? Faith. faith that overcomes, right? So we're talking about that. Now, I want us to go to Acts chapter 27, please. Acts chapter 27, and I'm reading from verse 13, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it'll be easy for us to understand. Now, this is a situation where Paul is traveling to Rome, and he's in a boat, okay? He's in a ship. And I want, to, I want you to picture what Paul is going through and all the people that are along, traveling along with Paul. Now, when the light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly, and the wind of typhoon strength, mark that, a wind of typhoon strength, that is like a hurricane, okay, called the Northeaster, burst across the island and blew us out to sea. So, and the strong winds blew them into the sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind. So you can imagine the strength of the wind, okay? They, they could not turn the ship. So they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda or Clauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted, uh, sorry, we hoisted abroad the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound the ropes, bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. So you can see, you can imagine the waves and the winds are beating upon the ship, breaking it apart. So they had to put ropes to tie it around to strengthen it. They were afraid, mark that word, sailors. These were experienced seamen, okay? Sailors were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis of the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to, the, to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. Now the list, they lost control, okay? The winds took over the ship. The next day, the gale force winds continued to batter the ship. Continued to what? Batter the ship. The crew began, to, began throwing the cargo overboard. Now you can imagine, I just want you to picture all this. They're on the ship. The seamen are there, they're really frightened, they're strengthening by tying ropes, they're strengthening the ship, and now the, the winds are beating even more, and they're lightening the ship by throwing cargo off the board, overboard, okay? Now the following day, that they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Not only the cargo, but even some of the equipment, ship's equipment was thrown overboard. The terrible storm, this was not a regular storm. This was not a, you know, just a normal storm. It was a terrible storm, raged for many days. Watch that. It was for many days, blowing, sorry, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. I want to read that statement again. Because some of you right now may be in that situation. Hopeless, given up. Because you're not hearing any good news from anybody, including the experts, including the doctors and the nurses saying, hey, it's all over, okay? And you are really, and then maybe from the financial side as well, all money is spent and, no, and you're borrowed to the hilt and there's nobody else you can borrow from. You don't know where to get the medication. You're in a very hopeless situation and it seems like death is inevitable, okay? There is no way of escape. That's the kind of situation these 
these sailors and all these passengers uh, uh, that were sailing in the ship along with Paul found themselves. Let me read that again. The terrible storm raged for many days. Now remember this. Paul was in that ship. And you might wonder, why did not Paul stop the storm? I don't know the answer. Sometimes you have to go through these things. Not always can you stop the storm, you know. Because God may be taking you through a process to make you the product that he wants you to become. So I'm not saying you cannot stop the storm. You have been given the authority. And I can't judge or I can't say anything why uh, some things did not happen in that day. But for many days, the sun and the stars were blotted until at last all hope was gone. No one said it was such a bad situation. No one had eaten for a long time. They were so scared of dying that they, they could not eat. They had no taste for food. Finally, at this hour, Paul called the crew together. Here is this. This is what I want to draw your attention to. In the midst of this calamity, in the midst of this storm, in the midst of this hopeless situation where everyone had given up, all taste for food was gone. They did not eat for many days and they were in a hopeless situation. There was no way of escape. In the midst of that, Paul stands up and calls the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. So he said, listen, you don't follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. I've told you not to go because the Lord had told me, but you didn't listen. That's why all this has come about. Sometimes we create our own problems when we disobey and walk in rebellion to God. Sometimes we attract this kind of nonsense and uh, bad experiences in life through being negligent to hearing the voice of God, okay? But he says, but take courage. Praise God. God is a gracious God. He's not punishing them. He says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. That's a loss there, but nobody's going to die. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Hallelujah. For a long time, the stars and the sun was blotted. It was dark. Can you imagine? No sun, no stars, how dark it was. It was not just for night. For nights, days and nights, it was dark. Okay? And they were in a very bad shape and a hopeless situation. And in the midst of that, there was this man called Paul that could stand up and say, Hey, an angel of God that I serve, visited me. I want to remind you, I don't care how dark your situation is, how terrible the problem is, or the situation is, or your circumstances are, or how hopeless it is, God has not forgotten you. God did not give up on Paul. God had not forgotten Paul. Paul, I'm sure, would have been praying to God, and God had not forgotten him. God dispatched an angel to go and minister. Hallelujah. The angels are sent to minister to those, the heirs of salvation. That's what the Bible says. So he says, take, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul. 
For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. God told me that none of you is going to die. In the midst of that situation, Paul had ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord had to say. And that's what I'm talking about as a child of God. As a born-again believer, as people who believe and call ourselves people of faith and people who believe in the Word of God, we have to develop an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Hallelujah. Everything around you may look hopeless. And whichever direction you look at or look toward, it may seem impossible and, there, and it may seem like there's no way of escape. It doesn't matter. God is with you. Hallelujah. When they were throwing them into the fire, they said, the Lord will deliver us. Hallelujah to Jesus. And that's what I want you to say. Those of you that are under this, uh, uh, the, the, this pandemic and being harassed by the pandemic, harassed by the virus, you're sick. You've got to say, my God will deliver me. My God will heal me. I will live and not die. You got to know how to confidently believe in God and come to a place where you can hear the voice of God. You don't see any indication here where it says that Paul had lost hope. Everybody else lost hope, but not Paul. You and I can come to that same place where we don't have to lose hope because our hope is not in our circumstances. Our hope is not in what the experts say. All the experts said it's all over because that's why they were trying to tie the boat with the ropes and, you know, they, they lost all taste for food and they were all expecting to die. That's what the experts were saying. And that was their experience, but not Paul's. Glory to God. Look what he says. So take courage, he says, for I believe God will be just as God um, I believe God, it will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Then look at this, verse 27. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm. Wow, can you imagine that? Imagine yourself 14 nights in the midst of a storm. My God. Hallelujah. 14 nights, day and night, no star, no sun, pitch dark. Storms battering the ship and the ship being broken to pieces. And there is no, you know, they don't even know where they are and how far they're from the land. And everybody is kind of lost in the midst of that. Paul says, listen, my God spoke to me. Hallelujah. You might have been fighting this battle for quite some time. It's all right. You may be sick in that bed for quite some time. It's okay. God hasn't forgotten you. Hallelujah to Jesus. God did not forget you. God has not forgotten you. God will not forget you. Hallelujah. He is our deliverer. He is our Lord God who heals us. He will heal you and he will deliver you. Somebody say, Amen. Glory be to God. You know, talking about this subject of overcoming by faith. We said the only way we can overcome fear is by faith. Paul had faith in his God. My question is, do you have faith in your God that he can deliver you when, it's, it's that when you are going through the darkest moments of your life? 
David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear glory. That's what's what Paul was doing. Glory to Jesus. He was not perturbed. He was not disturbed. He was not losing hope. In the midst of the storm, he said, I heard God. It was not after everything calmed down. Right in the midst of the storm, he said, I heard God. Hallelujah. We can hear God in the darkest hour of our lives. In the midst of the storm, we can hear the voice of God. And I'm encouraging every child of God, these days, you are free at home. Most of you. You can't even go out after 10 o'clock in the morning because of the uh, whatever curfew we have. Don't waste your time watching the news all the time, reading stuff on WhatsApp and all the social media stuff. But intentionally work on developing an ear to hear the voice of God. Develop your intimacy with God. Grow in the things of the Spirit. Because as we go on in life, it's not going to get better. It's going to actually get even worse. Because as the days come to an end, whoa, challenging times will be manifested. And because he said in the end, perilous times will come. Just because we overcome, we will overcome this pandemic. But just because we overcome this doesn't mean everything is going to be honky-dory. There can be something else that might come. But when you and I develop an, an intimacy with God where we can hear the voice of God, it does not matter whether, we, whether everything around us is calm and quiet or whether, you know, it is, there is a lot of turmoil and a lot of noise, a lot of issues, whatever it is, you don't have to worry. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Praise be to God. Okay, let's continue. Now, we were talking about this, and I, we said, last week I said, you know, the way to overcome fear is by faith. And we started talking about a little bit about faith, and we said faith is the, an assurance. It's a confidence. That's, the, that's what I was trying to show you from this, uh, from this passage of Scripture. The confidence that Paul had. Glory be to God. That's confidence. He assurance, a confidence. It's a full confidence. And remember, it's not something that your mind can grasp. This whole issue of the of faith is of the heart, not of the mind. Okay. Now it's a heart issue. That's why he said in Mark eleven twenty three, the God said, the uh, you know the Lord Jesus teaching the disciples. He said this: Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain. Learn to speak to what? To the enemy, to that sickness, to that disease, to that mountain, to that lack. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt where? In his heart, not the mind, in his heart. That means, see, when you have a confidence in here, in your heart, Although circumstances may be sometimes contrary, you still say, I know that I know. It's got to happen. I know. Can I explain it? No. But there is a knowing that comes in your heart. He says, shall not done in his heart, but shall believe. Where? In the heart. That those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. So, shall not doubt. Where? In the heart. Believe. Where? In the heart. Say, Amen. The heart is a very important aspect that we have to look at when we're trying to live this life of faith. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, 
As he thinketh in his where? In the heart, so is he. You know, a lot of people have problems. And they begin to wonder why. Although they've confessed a truth from the word, it has not yet manifested in their life. I'll tell you what. We're going to look at that. The two aspects, you've got to say it with your mouth, but you've got to believe it in your heart. By, you can start with the saying, but the saying has to become a revelation where your heart grasps it and it becomes the foundational truth. That means you believe it even though there is no evidence of it because it's been established as the truth. Now, when you believe in a truth, it, you know, you've got to understand, when you believe in a truth, there will be winds that are contrary that will come to shake you off that, like experiences that might contradict what you believe. And sometimes people give in to that. And that's what I want to warn you about. So the truth has to be established in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. You know, for example, when, when a person is born again, um, you know, and you know you're a child of God, you say, I know. Because the Bible says, the spirit beareth witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. So it's not knowing in the head, but I know I have a deep knowing inside. Now, when I get that, somebody might come and challenge me and say, oh, you, re you really think you're born again? What is the proof of it? How do we know you're born again? I don't know if I can explain everything to you to convince you, but I know I am convinced that I'm born again because it's a heart issue. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. So he says, he, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. When a, what a man thinks in his heart is what he truly believes. What he believes in his heart controls his conduct. You behave, you talk, you move, you do things based on what you believe in your heart. Hallelujah. Because you can be saying, I was healed by stripes, I was healed by stripes, I was healed by stripes. But then deep down, you don't believe it. That's why you will act, still continue to behave like a sick person, still talk like a sick person still look for pity from others see because that's what you basically believe in your heart yes your mouth is saying the right thing but there's no coordination between the mouth and the heart and the miracle does not manifest until there's a coordination between these two say amen so we're talking about the heart the heart issue right the heart my friend listen to me is the production center because what you allow to come into your in through your ears, through your eyes, uh, influences your heart. And whatever you harbor in your heart begins to be worked upon, and that's what you spout, and that's how you that's what you talk, that's what you produce in life. The heart is the production center. Both good and evil are produced in the heart. All right, both good and evil just like a, a tree that can in this you know when you plant a seed it produces sweet oranges then you can have another one that produces oranges that are tasteless okay so 
It's the same soil. It, likewise, it's the same heart. Both good and evil are produced there. Look at this. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? How can you being what? Evil. That means at the core, you're evil. You think evil. You, you harbor evil. You are deceptive on the inside. Like the devil is the father of lies. He, at the core, he's evil, okay? How can you being evil good speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the mouth is only voicing what is produced in the heart. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. What is being produced in the heart is now being expressed through words that flow out of your mouth. A good man, out of the good treasure, another word for treasure is the storehouse. Where do you store good? In the heart. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, of the what? The storehouse of the heart, bringeth forth good things. Praise God. So when he opens his mouth, he, he speaks blessing. He's, he doesn't curse people. He, doesn't, he speaks um, peace. He, he does not intend evil. So when there is no evil inside, evil does not come out of your mouth. But when there is good, good comes out. Okay, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth what? Evil things. Out of the abundance of the what? The heart. Hallelujah. That's why, friend, you've got to understand, you have to let the word influence you. You have to spend time in God, with God. His word has to speak into our hearts. Our hearts have to begin to work on God's word, not what the media is saying, not what just the doctors are saying, not just what others are saying. What occupies your heart? Because what occupies your heart eventually will come out of your mouth. Okay? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When the mouth speaks, sorry, what the mouth speaks, which originates from your heart, will come to pass. That's what Mark 11, uh, 11.23 says. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So, Understand this, when you believe and you speak, you're releasing power. Divine power is being released. So speak like to those of your relatives that are still sick in the, in the hospital or recovering right now. Or their symptoms are not all that great. And don't speak anything negative. Speak right words. Speak the word of life. Speak life into them. Every time you think about them and every time, you know, speak life. Every time a negative thought passes through your mind, say, I cancel it in Jesus' name. Every time the devil tries to picture, show a picture in your mind that they're dead or they're in the coffin or they're being buried or just say, I cancel it in Jesus name and I speak God's word I speak life into them I command them to live in the name of Jesus hallelujah to the Lamb of God amen look Matthew chapter 12 in the new living translation reads like this you brood of snakes he's calling them snakes why because their heart is evil you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. What is in your heart determines what you say. Did you get that? So when you're speaking out something, it is revealing who you are really on the inside. 
See, you, you spend time among some people, they're always conniving evil stuff. They're always talking about how to hurt somebody, always planning deceptive things, always trying to make, uh, you know, to cheat somebody. Uh, it's an evil heart, but they can't help it. They're talking all that because their heart is corrupted. Are you with me? And there are many people who claim to be Christian, but they talk like this because their heart has been taken over by evil. And I want you to be careful what you will allow to come into your heart through your ears and through your eyes. The information that flows in, you've got to filter it. That's why God, Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Because it plays a vital role in the processes that take place in the heart. Okay. Now, so whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good man produces... That's why I said it's a production center. A good man produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. <laughs> and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. It's all coming. The you see, the product is coming out from the heart. And the product is determined by the kind of heart you have. If it's a good heart, it's a good product. If it's an evil heart, if it's, a, it's an evil product. If it's a good heart, it's a heart of faith, then faith will flow. If it's a heart of doubt, doubt will flow. If it's a heart of unbelief, then unbelief will flow. But when it's filled with the word of God, nothing but the word will flow. Hallelujah. So I'm encouraging you to fill your heart with the word. Through listening to the word, reading the word, meditating the word, and through watching stuff on your, you know, gadgets, which are related to the Word of God, okay? Now, Mark chapter 7, verse 20 and 20, 20 to 23 says, And he said, That which cometh out of a man, uh, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth man. Man is not defiled by what goes in, but what comes out is what Jesus is saying. He says, from, for, from within, that is, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. Out of the where? Out of the heart men of men proceed evil thoughts. And he goes on to say adulteries, fornication, murder, thefts, covetousness, and all these. And verse 23 says, all these evil things come from where? From within. See, you have allowed something to come in which has corrupted your heart and captured your heart. Now it's coming out in shape of words and deeds. Okay? So we have to be careful how we move forward. Okay? Now, um, so he says in Proverbs chapter 4, and I'll, I'll finish with this, from Proverbs chapter 4, and we'll pick it up from here next week. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life, are the issues of life. The issues of life flow from where? From the heart. So he says, keep thy heart with all diligence, means what? Be consistent and be earnest. So it's something you've got to work on. If you're not careful, it's like the, the guy that comes at night and sows tears. So you have to be on the guard and you have to be selective as to what you will let come into your heart. Because if your heart is not protected, it can be infiltrated and infused with evil thoughts and imaginations. And as a result of that, you'll begin to speak and behave like that. But if you know 
That's why he said, be led by the Spirit. If we begin to yield ourselves to God, yield to the Holy Spirit, and submit to the Lord, and let the Word begin to influence us, and the information we receive, and we filter what we hear, and what we see, and what we let come into our, into our hearts, we can become more, we can draw more closer to God, become more established in faith, and begin to become men and women of faith that can overcome our challenges. This morning, my desire, as I finish today, at this place, I want to encourage you and say, listen to me, my friend. Get that word into your heart. Get it through your ears. Get it through your eyes. Meditate. Let it fill your heart. Meditate on a sit back. Sit alone. Sit quietly. When everybody is asleep, play that word. Play that worship music. Worship the Lord and fill yourself and let the heart be infused with godly thoughts, with godly, uh, the, with the word of God and let your heart be filled with God's presence and the word. Then when you begin to open your mouth, you will not speak doubt. You will speak faith. You will speak life, not death. You will speak health and healing, not sickness and disease. You will declare it and prophesy and, and cancel every assignment of the devil. You will win and not lose. That's my declaration for you. You will live and not die and glorify the works of God. God bless you today as you receive this word in Jesus' name.